are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney. Throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrida. If you would like to discuss today's readings, head on over to Facebook. And there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group and be able to share your own thoughts and reflections about today's readings with others who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria Vagrida. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria teaches how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts, the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 265. And we are reading from Volume 3, Book 6, Chapter 23, Paragraphs 718 to 724. 718. Acting upon this counsel, they redistributed the spheres of work among themselves in order that each squadron of demons might, with a specialized astuteness, tempt men to different vices. They resolved to continue to propagate idolatry in the world, so that men might not come to the knowledge of the true God and the redemption. Wherever idolatry would fail, they concluded to establish sects and heresies, for which they would select the most perverse and depraved of the human race as leaders and teachers of error. Then there was concocted among the malignant spirits the sect of Mohammed, the heresies of Arius, Pelagius, Nestorius, and whatever other heresies have been started in the world from the first ages of the church until now, together with those which they have in readiness, but which is neither necessary nor proper to mention here. Lucifer showed himself content with these infernal counsels as being opposed to divine truth and destructive of the very foundation of man's rescue, namely divine faith. He lavished flattering praise and high offices upon those demons who showed themselves willing and who undertook to find the impious originators of these errors. 7.19. Some of the devils charged themselves with perverting the inclinations of children at their conception and birth, others to induce parents to be negligent in the education and instruction of their children, either through an inordinate love or aversion and to cause a hatred of parents among the children. Some offered to create hatred between husbands and wives, to place them in the way of adultery, or to think little of the fidelity promised to their conjugal partners. All agree to sow among men the seeds of discord, hatred, and vengeance, proud and sensual thoughts, desire of riches or honors, and by suggesting sophistical reasons against all the virtues Christ has taught, above all they intended to weaken the remembrance of his passion and death, of the means of salvation, and of the eternal pains of hell. 
By these means, the demons hope to burden the powers of the faculties of men with solicitude for earthly affairs and sensual pleasures, leaving them little time for spiritual thoughts and their own salvation. 7.20 Lucifer heard these different suggestions of the demons, and answering them, he said, I am much beholden to you for your opinions. I approve of them and adopt them all. It will be easy to put them into practice with those who do not profess the law given by this Redeemer to men. Though with those who accept and embrace these laws, it will be a difficult enterprise. But against this law and against those that follow it, I intend to direct all my wrath and fury, and I shall not bitterly persecute those who hear the doctrine of this Redeemer and become his disciples." Against these must our most relentless battle be waged to the end of the world. In this new church, I must strive to sow my cockle, Matthew 14:25, the ambitions, the avarice, the sensuality, and the deadly hatreds, with all the other vices of which I am the head. For if one of these sins multiply and increase among the faithful, they will, with their concomitant malice and ingratitude, irritate God, and justly deprive men of the helps of grace left to them by the merits of the Redeemer. If once they have thus despoiled themselves of these means of salvation, we shall have assured victory over them. We must also exert ourselves to weaken piety and all that is spiritual and divine, so that they do not realize the power of the sacraments and receive them in mortal sin, or at least without fervor and devotion. For since these sacraments are spiritual, it is necessary to receive them with well-disposed will, in order to reap their fruits. If once they despise the medicine, they shall languish in their sickness and be less able to withstand our temptations. They will not see through our deceits. They will not let the memory of their Redeemer and of the intercession of his mother slip from their minds. Thus will their foul ingratitude make them unworthy of grace and so irritate their God and Savior as to deprive them of his helps. In all this, I wish that all of you assist me strenuously, losing neither time nor occasion for executing my commands. 7.21 It is not possible to rehearse all the schemes of this dragon and his allies concocted at the time against the Holy Church and her children. In order that these waters of the Jordan might be swallowed up in his throat, Job 40.18, it is enough to state that they spent nearly a full year after the death of Christ, in conferring and considering among themselves the state of the world up to that time, and the changes wrought by Christ our God and Master through his death, and after having manifested the light of his faith by so many miracles, blessings, and examples of holy men. If all these labors have not sufficed to draw all men to the way of salvation, it can be easily understood that Lucifer should have prevailed, and that his wrath should be so great as to cause us justly to say with St. John, Woe to the earth, for Satan has come down to you full of wrath and fury. But alas, that truth, so infallible and so much to be dreaded and avoided by men, should in our days be blotted from the minds of mortals to the irreparable danger of the whole world. Our enemy is astute, cruel, and watchful. We, sleepy, lukewarm, and careless, what wonder that Lucifer has entrenched himself so firmly in the world, when so many listen to him, accept and follow his deceits, so few resist him and entirely forget the eternal death, which he so furiously and maliciously seeks to draw upon them. 
I beseech those who read this not to forget this dreadful danger. If they are not convinced of this danger through the evil condition of the world and through the evils each one experiences himself, let them at least learn of this danger by the vast and powerful remedies and helps which the Savior thought it necessary to leave behind in his church. For he would not have provided such antidotes if our ailment and danger of eternal death were not so great and formidable. Instruction which the Queen of Heaven gave me. 7.22 My daughter, by divine enlightenment, thou hast received a deep understanding of the glorious triumph of my Son and Lord on the cross over the demons and of their rout and vanquishment. But thou must remember that thou art yet ignorant of much more than what thou knowest concerning these ineffable mysteries. For in mortal flesh the creature cannot comprehend them, and the reality and divine providence reserves the full understanding of them as a reward of the saints in heaven and for the beatific vision, in which these mysteries will be comprehended clearly. This insight will also be given to the reprobate, to each one according to his degree, for their confusion and punishment at the end of their career. But what thou hast learned will suffice to apprise thee of the dangers of this mortal life, and to enliven thy hope of overcoming thy enemies. I wish also to warn thee of the new wrath which the dragon has conceived, especially against thee for what thou hast written in this chapter. He has ceaselessly pursued thee with his wrath and has sought to hinder thee from writing my life, as thou hast experienced continually in this work. But now his haughty pride is incensed against thee, especially because thou hast revealed his humiliation, his crushing ruin at the death of my most blessed son. The condition in which it left him in the most secret counsels for revenging himself upon the children of Adam, and especially upon the members of the Holy Church. All this has excited and disturbed him anew, seeing that these secrets will be revealed to those yet ignorant of them. Thou wilt feel his wrath and the difficulties he will place in thy way, the temptations and persecutions thou hast already encountered. Therefore I warn thee to be wary and circumspect against the rabid fury and cruelty of the enemy. 7.23 Thou art astonished and justly to see, on the one hand, the power of my son's merits and of the redemption, the ruin and the weakness caused by the demons and men, and on the other hand to see the power of the devil, lording it over the world in haughty presumption, although the light given to thee in writing this history is equal to this astonishment. I wish to add still another point of information, in order that thou mayest guard thyself so much the more carefully against enemies so full of malice. It is certain that when hell came to the full knowledge of the sacrament of the incarnation and redemption and of the poverty, humility, and lowliness of the birth of Jesus, of his life and miracles, ending in the mysterious passion and death, and of all the rest of his labors to draw men to him, Lucifer and his demons were weakened and disabled, and they saw that they could not tempt the faithful in the same way as the rest of men. And as they ceaselessly desired to do, in the primitive church, this terror and fear of the baptized and of the followers of Christ our Lord continued many years. For the divine virtues shone forth brightly in their imitation of Christ, in their zeal, in confessing the faith, and following the teachings of the gospel, in practicing heroic virtues, and most fervent love, humility, patience, and contempt of the vanities and deceits of the world. Many shed their blood and gave their life for Christ the Lord. They performed many admirable and exalted deeds for the glory of his name. This invincible fortitude resulted from their living at a time so near to the passion and death of the Redeemer and so close to the prodigious example of his patience and humility. 
but also because they were less tempted by the devils, who could not so soon rise from the crushing defeat brought upon them by the triumph of the crucified God. 7.24 This close imitation, living reproduction of Christ, confronting the demons and the first children of the church, they feared so much that they dared not approach, and they precipitously fled from the apostles and the just ones, imbued with the doctrines of my divine Son. In them were offered up to the Almighty the first fruits of grace and of redemption. What is seen in the saints and in perfect Christians in those times would happen in the present times with all the Catholics if they would accept grace and work with it instead of permitting it to go to waste, and if they would seek the way of the cross. For Lucifer fears it just as much now as in the times thou hast been writing of. But soon the charity, zeal, and devotion of many of the faithful began to grow cold, and they forgot the blessings of the redemption. They yielded to their carnal inclinations and desires. They loved vanity and avarice, and permitted themselves to be fascinated and deceived by the false pretenses of Lucifer, obscuring the glory of their Savior, and inveigling them into the meshes of their mortal enemies. This foul ingratitude has thrown the world into the present state, and has encouraged the demons to rise up in their pride against God, audaciously presuming to possess themselves of all the children of Adam on account of this forgetfulness and carelessness of Catholics. They presume to plot the destruction of the whole church by the perversion of so many who have fallen away from it, and by inducing those who are in it to think little of it, or by hindering them from producing the fruits of the blood and the death of their Redeemer. The greatest misfortune is that many Catholics fail to recognize this great damage, and do not seriously think of a remedy, although they can presume that the times of which Jesus forewarned the women of Jerusalem have arrived, namely those in which the sterile should be happy, and in which many would call upon the mountains and the hills to cover and fall upon them, in order not to see the devastation of wickedness cutting down the sons of perdition, the dried trees barren of the fruits of virtue. In these evil times dost thou live, my dearest, and in order that thou mayest not be included in the perdition of so many souls, do thou wail in the bitterness of thy heart, never forgetting the mysteries of the incarnation, passion, and death of my divine Son. I desire thee to give thanks and compensation for the great number of those who forget it. And I assure thee that the mere memory and contemplation of these mysteries are terrible to hell, torment, and drive away the demons, and that they avoid and fly those who thankfully remember the life and passion of my divine Son. This concludes our reading today for day number 265. We've been reading from Volume 3, Book 6, Chapter 23, Paragraphs 718 to 724. Our reading today picks up with that council in hell that is being held by Lucifer and all of the demons there, and they concoct ways to lead the people astray. And boy, really sounds like today. The first one was this notion of idolatry. So putting something in front of man that he would worship or creating false doctrines that he would follow. But then... The next one, very much a part of today's culture. Some of the devils charge themselves with perverting the inclinations of children at their conception and birth. Well, think about that. Perverting who a child is at their very birth. Maybe it's not realized for several years. Maybe this is the whole transgender thing with all of these young people wanting to transition to a different sex. Maybe this is a perversion by the evil one. 
others to induce parents to be negligent in the education and instruction of their children. So if the children don't know what's wrong, well, then they will do what's wrong. Some offer to create hatred between husband and wives to place them in the way of adultery or to think little of the fidelity promised to their conjugal partners. Well, we see that in our world today. All agree to sow among men the seeds of discord, hatred, and vengeance, proud and sensual thoughts, desires of riches or honors, and by suggesting sophistical reasons against all the virtues Christ has taught. Well, boy, we live in a world full of vices. So, suffice to say... The evil one is alive and well in the world. He's accomplishing what he believed he wanted to do. And then, you know, with sin, we receive the sacraments and maybe we don't examine our conscience. And so we can't have the fullness of those sacraments take place. And then sometimes it is even sacrilegious for us to receive those sacraments. We are unable to reap their fruits, as Maria of Agreda says. She tells us, our enemy is astute, cruel, and watchful. We are sleepy, lukewarm, and careless. Well, we need to be on better guard. We need to be strong in our beliefs. We need to be awake. We need to have great care about what is happening. And then she writes from the instruction of Our Lady, what is seen in the saints and in perfect Christians in those times would happen in the present times with all the Catholics if they would accept grace and work with it instead of permitting it to go to waste, and if they would seek the way of the cross, to accept grace. God wishes to give us those graces. We have to be disposed to receive them, and we must cooperate with that grace of God that he is giving to you and to me. And when we cooperate with it, imagine what God can accomplish in the world. Our Lady appeared to St. Catherine Labore, gave her the miraculous medal. From the one hand, rays coming forth. Those rays are the graces that are asked for. The other hand, the unasked for graces. And maybe it would behoove us to pray something every day. Lord, help me to use the graces you give to me today for your honor and glory, for the building up of the kingdom for the salvation of my soul and the souls of those around me. And if we begin asking to make use of those graces, our God will hear us and he will let that happen. I'm Father Edward Looney and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you. And Mary, pray for you.